0: Tune in this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 459 with Matt Cuthbert, who is Women's Physical Performance Coach at the Football Association. And he dives into the benefits of microdosing. What is microdosing? How can we use it in our practice? So really interesting clip coming up with Matt. Just before we do dive into this episode, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. Rock Daisy's athlete management system provides a powerful competitive advantage to elite sports leagues around the world. If you're looking for a solution that enables you to centralise, analyse and visualise your data, check out rockdaisy.com and sign up for a free trial. So you have mentioned a couple of benefits, well, quite a few benefits of microdosing. Is there anything in addition to the ones that you've mentioned compliance um post activation potentiation priming all that kind of stuff is there anything in addition to that that we could that you need to mention
1: yeah definitely so i guess there is within the framework that we've just had published uh, there's sort of four concepts or four overarching um buckets with the, these sort of categories that they fall under so the first one's competition schedule with microdosing and the ability to have a bit more flexibility around when because it's smaller chunks of time when you implement the sessions you can be a bit more manipulative around your competition schedule so within academy football when i worked in that within like under 18s you typically play your games on a saturday or sunday but typically on a saturday but you'll have your fa youth cup games on a wednesday and then if any games get cancelled, particularly over the winter, then they get backlogged and you end up having a period of fixed congestion, which happens in senior football as well. So actually, when you're starting to get into that two game a weeks or three games in 10 days, which starts to get into the world of the international football that, that we work in, where you've only got a few days turnaround, then actually the flexibility of okay, we've got 20 minutes here, we can fit in this stimulus so that we don't get a level of detraining because they're missing sessions. Um, so yeah, competition schedule is one bucket that that we go into. The acute chronic programming, which I've kind of mentioned before, which as well as the post-activation performance enhancement, resistance priming, you can get right, the repeated bout effects and utilize that. So Potentially, as you come into the end of one training cycle, and you know, you're going to introduce a novel stimulus in the next one. You might be able to microdose from what would be a minimum effective dose. um, And we can come on to why they're two very different concepts a little later. But you might then microdose a smaller dose of whether it's eccentric only exercise or just a novel stimulus. You might be able to build that up. To them, when you actually start integrating it fully within your resistance training program, within that new cycle, so there's that. There's various training sequencing aspects of like when and how you put your or you break up those uh, microdosing sessions, and then potentially even concurrent training as well. So you've got a shorter session, a bit more flexibility around it. Actually, if you're doing some really focus, really focused aerobic work, or if you're microdosing your aerobic work, but um. Yeah, there's levels where you can maybe split the time difference between those sessions to, like further to then not end up having as much of an interference effect, particularly right within your team sport athletes. Um so yeah, acute chronic programming that they sit in the motor learning is one of the other buckets. So we sort of included growth and maturation, long-term athlete development in that, and then injury risk mitigation or return to play, they fit in there where actually the volumes that they're doing can't be too high in one session because then you get fatigue is either risk of further injury or actually you really want to focus on their motor learning patterns, getting good reps. So doing short but more frequent can then improve or help assist with that. And then the final book, it was individualization. So we included a female athlete health and performance within that, because although a lot, there's a lot of research that sort of outlines that there's not that much difference or there's not that much effect of, um, like menstruation impacting training, but actually when you dig deeper into it, it's very very individualized. Like we obviously work work within women's football, like the symptomology and the effects of the menstrual cycle can actually be like so widely, yeah, such a wide range within that, within just one squad, especially at the younger levels where they maybe haven't had the education or the experience to know how to either deal with those symptoms or find strategies to, to benefit them within that period actually within those individuals there may be times where you go okay we want you to focus about what's happening out on the pitch today don't worry about your resistance training now we'll either tackle that later or because like we're only missing 25 percent of your 100 volume like we can change things a little bit and be a bit more flexible so i guess yeah compliance and flexibility are probably two things that run throughout the whole thing and um, player autonomy i think something that we're really going after at the FA now is like decision-making in players. Like we expect players to make decisions out on the pitch from a footballing perspective. So why are we taking that decision-making away from them off the pitch? Um, So actually you might get an individual, like if it's appropriate for them to do so, if you've got enough days for recovery, you might get some individuals who go, no, I'd rather get all my training volume done in this one session. So I don't have to see the gym again. You might, on the flip side, get someone who, again, doesn't want to be in the gym that much, but would rather just do 20 minutes in one day so they don't have to be in there for as long. But then, like, yeah, increase their compliance through that. Um, so, yeah, there's a degree of flexibility with with that sort of player autonomy and providing that they're given the right guardrails of, well, we're going to, if you want to be in every day, then we can like either taper the week so that you're still doing it every day. You might have one slightly longer session than uh, towards game day, but you're still able to do it every day. We'll still chunk it up slightly differently. So I guess that's one other thing to to consider is the fact that, yeah, we talk about dividing volume across short and frequent, short duration, frequent bouts, but they don't have to be equal. Like if we if we're talking about just dividing total volume, then actually you might be able to taper your week where, you have a twenty-minute session or twenty-five-minute session at the beginning of your training week, and then a five-minute, ten-minute like primer on a match day. Um, so yeah, there's that individualization aspect to that, and trainer status probably it falls under that bracket, but maybe influences the decisions a bit more compared to some of them which are influenced by microdosing. Um, so yeah, they're the four buckets that we've ended up putting things under and the review I keep mentioning is very focused on team sports and resistance training. But I think there's a lot more research to be done before we can like make all the claims in the world, but there's always the potential that it doesn't necessarily have to be in a team sport. I think there's a lot of value in individual sports being able to use it. I've recently had a a conversation with a few of the guys at, um, swimming scotland um who are with the say EIS it's UKIS now i think um about what a couple of their swimmers and how they could potentially integrate microdosing within sort of their competition schedule or the lead into that as well as some return to uh, sport work um and then like a military population as well so or tactical population um because a lot of the early research that was done in this area was, it was referred to as micro training rather than microdosing. but uh, Killer et al, uh, they divided uh, three 45 minute sessions into nine 15 minute sessions within a military population and found that there were no real differences and that included like endurance work as well as strength and power uh, loosely um, within that. So. Yeah, the populations I think that microdosing could influence are greater than just team sports. And then I've alluded to it there with the the military stuff, but the the type of training in terms of like we talk about resistance training, but speed work, um, I guess plyos potentially if you want to split them up from resistance training, but aerobic. So we do a, we've done quite a lot of work with Gareth Samford before. I know you've added on the times um, and those podcasts at class so anyone else who's not listened to them give them a, a good listen because like he knows what he's talking about and he he does talk about a lot of like putting putting like money in the bank in terms of the low level like low intensity aerobic work for a lot of athletes like you, you might need to accumulate four or five hours of that across a week or how I probably pick that number out of my head but <laughs> like you need to or you can accumulate a lot of that and it's like putting money in the bank for when the cost of games or competition then takes it out and you might you yeah you'll probably have an easier time trying to convince uh an athlete particularly in team sports to accumulate that amount of time if you break it up into 20 minute sessions frequently throughout the week and if they're then of low cost and don't really impact um their training than actually as a form of like recovery or on a recovery day or anything like that, it's easier to drip feed them in like multiple occasions. So yeah, I think it there's benefits to not just team sports, not just within resistance training, but across loads of areas.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasty Performance Bite Size. So this clip came from episode number 459 of the Pasty Performance podcast and you can listen to the full episode on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today and look forward to chatting to you next time.